Welcome to the Uraba podcast, where we leverage science, tech, and art to improve our everyday experiences. I have a fun word for you today. Rationalize. So there are a few definitions out there um, uh, for this word, and the one I'm going to go with is the one from Oxford Languages. And what it says is rationalizing is an attempt to explain or justify one's own or another's behavior or attitude with logical plausible reasons even when these are not true or not appropriate that's the definition from oxford languages so right off the bat i had a problem with the word appropriate because it carries a certain amount of judgment Yet at the same time, judgment is a key part of what makes rationalizing so interesting. If judgment wasn't a part of this whole picture, so if judgment wasn't at play, would there even be a need to rationalize? Probably not. If there was no tension between what we want and what we think we should be doing, for example, there would be no need to rationalize. Sometimes rationalizing happens inside our own heads, but it also happens in preparation for questions that will come to us from the outside world, doesn't it? Here are some examples of rationalizing. Um, courtesy of Kendra Cherry in an article that was published on Very Well Mind. So the example is, a person who's turned down for a date might rationalize the situation by saying they were not attracted to the other person anyway. Another example might be a student could blame a poor exam score on the instructor rather than their own lack of preparation. Understanding why we feel the need to rationalize is even more interesting than how we do it. I've certainly justified a number of questionable things in my head as a decoy for the real reason I was doing it. What I haven't always been able to point to is why I felt the need to do that. Seth Godin has a great take on this. He has this phrase he says regularly, and it's people like us do things like this. What a simple way to express the complicated forces that motivate us to do things. Seth says that for most of us, from the first day we're able to remember until the last day we breathe, our actions are primarily given or driven by one question. Do people like me do things like this? Now, if that's not brilliant, I, I don't know what is. Our whole lives contribute to defining people like me. It could be our family, our ethnicity, our nationality, the school we go to the school we feel we should have gone to, our friends, our faith, or lack thereof, our social standing, our profession, or all of the above. Really, you name it, 
It takes a lifetime to build identity. And that's not really what we're wanting to cover here. Perhaps we rationalize as a way to correct the error that we see when we compare reality to our mental model of what reality should be. Just for fun, if we look at the two examples that we talked about above, we could line up the reality and the rea rationalization for each. So for the first situation, a person's turned down for a date. The reality is the other person was not interested and this hurts. The mindset is people like me don't get turned down. That just doesn't happen. And the rationalization is saying that they were not attracted to the other person anyway. So, you know, we might say something like, I didn't like her anyway, or I didn't like him anyway. The second situation is a student gets a poor score. And the reality is they were probably not prepared for this exam. They did poorly. They didn't study. They were tired. You name it. The mindset is people like me do well in school. The rationalization is blaming the poor exam score on the instructor. He was too harsh. He's not a good teacher. Yada, yada, yada. I'm sure I've done this one. <laughs> Here's where things get interesting. As innovators, we're bound to find ourselves in front of decisions that will cause a deviation from the people like me path. And at this point, the chatter in our mind might go something like, people like you do not do this. What are you doing? Really, stop. Why are you trying to do that? Why don't you just be like everybody else? And at this point, we have three choices. Option one, we can stay the course with the mind frame of people like me, as we know it. Option two is we can evolve. We can redefine people like me in a way that allows us to do new things like this. And option three is we get stuck for a while in what one might call an existential crisis. Um, and this is where there's really kind of a dissonance in our own heads. Um, and we just don't feel great. We don't know where we're heading. We're worried. We're stressed out. We should talk about stress on another episode. For obvious reasons, I would recommend option two above, evolve. In fact, learning to cycle through these mind states is an important skill set. One example in my experience has been to gently graduate from what I used to think, which is people like me are responsible, quote unquote, to people like me take risks. It seems quite simple when it's put in those terms, but the control-loving side of me put up a really good fight on this one. <laughs> if you're lucky, you'll have a smooth transition from one mindset to another. Maybe you're part of an organization that promotes innovation. You might have a boss, a friend, or colleagues that encourage you 
to undergo microtransformations until one day you barely even notice that you've internalized a new people like me. If you're not so lucky, you'll have to do this for yourself. You'll have to take on the challenging work of excavating the old you out of you in order to transcend your yesterday to reveal a new edge. One practical way to do this is to stop rationalizing. What if you just did what you felt called to do? What if you leaned towards action, even if it doesn't quite fit your current people like us? To the world, you might appear to be all over the place for a while, but you'll soon know what you enjoy, what comes easily, and what is hard. And this is extraordinarily valuable. Here's another practical way to stay in motion, and this comes from Mel Robbins. Uh, she has a few videos on this. You can also find it on her website at melrobbins.com. And she says, the five-second rule is simple. If you have an instinct to act on a goal, you must physically move within five seconds or your brain will kill it. So her thing is, if you think you want to do something, just go do it within five seconds and she actually advises saying five four three two one and doing it so that's worth a try as well a final thought on all of this if steve jobs hadn't taken a calligraphy class in college we might not have so many font options in our word processing software today you know all those fonts that you get to pick from he had to appreciate calligraphy and type and all that fun stuff to even think of including that in early versions of the Macintosh. Yet, people like him stayed in school and probably didn't audit calligraphy classes for no credit. So because he was willing to explore and evolve, Something defining came out of that process. So what do we do with all this? What I'm choosing to do is to think less, do more, and take heart. What would you do if you didn't need to rationalize? I'd love to hear it. Thanks for listening. That's all for today. If you have questions, thoughts, or comments, head to iraba.ca slash podcast and say hello. And as always, our parting words are the same. Remember, you are incomparable. <laughs>